This is Kate Mercer on the Go Well podcast. Welcome. Today I'm talking with Karen Lingard, who has a PhD in philosophy from Swinburne University in Victoria, Australia, and is a registered biodynamic craniosacral therapist. In this interview, we talk with uh, Karen uh, all about embodiment therapies, and she also describes exactly what is biodynamic craniosacral therapy. Welcome to the Go Well radio show. Thanks so much for joining us today, Dr. Karen Lingard. Oh, thanks, Kate. Hi. I'm interested in uh, what is at the basis of your life study and work, which is body-based therapies in the treatment of tension and trauma. Can we start with how you got to the realisation that embodiment therapies are so key? Yeah, so um, that was that was partly through my academic study, which was... It wasn't so much in body-based therapies. It was more about trying to understand how the body holds on to emotion and how the body uh, holds on to patterns from the past and plays those patterns out. So that was in philosophy, but it was an interdisciplinary PhD. From then, I did a few years of meditation and after that I trained as a a body worker. Um, But really, aside from all that study, it was really quite a personal realisation that occurred over a really long time of, that was through my own experience of kind of really gradually coming to realise that my body held patterns of tension and trauma from the past, which I kind of suspected, but I didn't actually really know that. And it was only as that emerged through me doing various things that I slowly came to realise, ah, oh, okay, observing the body really is key to me being able to access these patterns and then being able to integrate them in a way that they're not playing such a big part in my life anymore. Okay and um, so what was your first experience of that? What sort of uh, body therapy did you actually experience yourself that gave you that sort of realisation? Well I did do a number of therapies earlier on. I tried different things as I suppose many of us did perhaps in the 90s or in the early 2000s And, and often those ones for me would lead to some kind of catharsis which over time I sort of realized oh no that's actually not it doesn't really seem to be changing things Uh, so it was only when I started meditating and doing meditation retreats that I started to realize oh look if I just sit quietly and observe my body sensations then things arise in a different way and because my mind was really quiet on those retreats I could allow those things to arise without that catharsis actually no this observing the body thing is really important but I wasn't really able to integrate those experiences because my system my body system would get overwhelmed on those courses and so then it was only after that which was quite recently in the last say eight years or so that I started receiving this body work that was really doing something similar to meditation but I was being held in a very safe space so it meant that I was recognising things that had been coming up in meditation but I couldn't deal with and then I could feel that they were coming out in a safer way and I was able to handle them and then they would change. And that was quite different and that that was when I realised, oh, well, the embodiment is key but the therapeutic aspect where there's someone there really supporting and assisting me to do that, even just by being there, that's actually both of those things are really important. Let's go to talk a bit about trauma itself. Um, my next question is actually around, I guess, most of us have the understanding now there's so much media out there about fight or flight, but there's another yeah. aspect of uh, trauma, which is the freeze response, which I'm personally really interested in because I think 
um, perhaps a lot of us can go to that sort of freeze response uh, and it, it's not a trauma really, but it might be just our automatic reactions. How do you, how do you describe that and how do you work with that? Yeah, so I think before talking about the freeze response, it's actually important to talk about because the freeze response is a, is a way that people deal with a threat in the environment. So it doesn't have to be a full-blown trauma, but it can be. It's usually the perception of some, some sort of a threat. And so you're right, there's a lot of talk about fight and flight out there at the moment, but uh, it's important to, to also realise there's, there's a series of strategies that, that the body system or a person will use when they're perceiving a threat. And actually the first one is that people will orient to other people and try and see if in the situation there's another person there that's going to, going to assist them or is experiencing something similar or yeah, is perhaps in a position to offer them something. And it's only if that isn't, isn't available in that situation or not appropriate to that situation that then the system will go into some sort of fight or flight to try and protect itself. And then if that isn't available, then the system will go into, a, into this other freeze state, which is quite a different state. Um, but when you're talking about the freeze state, there's actually um, often the word freeze is used to talk about that first phase of the fight or flight situation, which is where, uh, say, you can imagine it more easily in an animal, where an animal will, will suddenly stop and all of its attention is, is going to orient to assessing what, whether there's a threat in the environment and what it is. And so that's a really active kind of a state where that animal is attentive and, and poised to move. Uh, but the the other freeze state is is completely different from that so so that's the first phase of fight or flight but the freeze state that your body will tip over into if you can't fight or flee is is a very different thing and that's where things like dissociation come in so that's more of a shutdown of that sympathetic system where um uh, the person's heart rate actually slows down so the whole system slows down and the experience can be quite can be quite dreamy for a person, and actually quite pleasant. Uh, and in the in the more extreme um, the extreme version of that, say in the in animals, is is playing dead. So that's when the body almost goes into a state of paralysis. Uh, effectively, the body's quite quite movable and quite limp. And within that state, there's actually a whole lot of held tension underneath it, so that in case a situation arises where the animal can flee, it will suddenly do that, but with really with a lot of force. So there's that sort of paradox there. And I think that's perhaps there in dissociation in people that there's kind of a shutdown, maybe, maybe like a listlessness or a lack of energy or not feeling the body, but there can also be quite a bit of tension behind that. Well, I want to go straight really to the work that you're doing um, because there's a lot even just in explaining that. So you're doing this work now called biodynamic craniosacral therapy. So, um, so some people might have heard of craniosacral therapy uh, on its own and that came from osteopathy and that was around, that was sort of probably a little bit more of a mechanistic look at what's going on in the, um, in the cerebrospinal fluid in the body. So that's probably sounding a bit complicated already, actually. So it was all about seeing how the, the, there may be movement in the bones of the head and in the sacrum that influences 
the fluctuation of certain fluids in the brain and that those were very important for general health. And so craniosacral therapy developed this very quiet way of sitting with people and listening for those particular rhythms in the body uh, to see if they would change or if they needed any sort of manipulation, very subtle kind of movements towards changing them into something that was more optimal. Uh, and then that sort of developed into something that was even more subtle and really not so much involved with those particular rhythms and more involved with observing whole body systems and particularly the nervous system. So the biodynamic in craniosacral therapy really means that paying attention to the whole body and what the whole body will do and and ways it naturally wants to change in certain situations. So in the therapy, what you're really doing is providing a certain kind of a situation for a client and their body system to enable that body to unwind in whatever way it is able to and needs to at the time. So it's less about a therapist being there intervening with moving the body or even really having an idea that the body should change in some way. It's more about that therapist sitting there making very light hand contacts on the person. So the person's at this stage lying down on a massage table and fully clothed and the therapist just makes very light hand contacts and just really listens to that whole body system and observes and creates a creates a very stable environment for that body system by keeping their own body system safe while they're contacting the other person and then making sure they're giving that other person the right kind of attention really so that their system can sort of recognise safety and then go into unwinding any of those underlying patterns that it might be able to contact at that time. Was that, did that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. Yeah. I think a really yeah. good way um, for us all to understand these sorts of things too is to share if it's possible, obviously without any names, but maybe um, someone that you've worked with in the past and what sort of how they, what they presented with you and, and, and just sort of so people can get more of an understanding. I feel like actually the strongest experiences I've had have been receiving it myself. And so I'm happy to talk about, talk about my own experience. Is that, is that yeah. okay if I do that? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so what used to happen early on in the sessions, and that was where I started recognising, oh, this is what happens in meditation, but now it's going further, it was really related to that fight, flight, freeze kind of thing. So I would need to have someone being present there, but not being too engaged with my system and not looking too closely at me, just my system being able to sense that they were there and stable. Mm -hmm. And then I would have to, I took really took a little while for me to learn how to observe my own body sensations in a way that my system would go into this more holistic state. So, mm -hmm. so in the beginning, it was like, it was quite a physical thing. It would, my body would want to adjust in certain ways and make little movements. And eventually I was sort of thinking, no, this isn't, it's not really changing. I need to hold them in a more holistic perception of my whole body and maintain that sense of safety without getting too involved in those sensations. And eventually I would have this overall feeling of, it, I would sort of, this feeling of gathering energy in a safe space and then there would be a feeling of contracting 
quite deeply inside my body. And then I would feel that, you know, I talked about that emergence from freeze thing that happens. So the body's almost paralyzed and then there's a big eruption of force. I could feel that force coming. And then if I could hold it in a stable way, it would sort of almost like erupt erupt in this in those actual literal running movements that people talk about so my legs would move as though I was running and it would feel like in this sort of immense resolution and uh, releasing of energy and then my body would rest and it would do that all I mean I had to observe in a particular way but then I was really getting out of the way to let my body do that and over time that response just diminished and then other responses came like I mean that was kind of a fairly interesting and um, obvious response. And a lot of people in, in those sessions, they won't have such big responses as that. But for me, that was really, it just really confirmed, oh, I see, this is what happens. And it is something that I'm not aware of. And, and it can come out slowly and safely with the right kind of awareness. How important is it, though, that people are pretty conscious and aware of their own bodies. I mean, obviously you've done quite a bit of meditation, so you're pretty body aware. How much does that matter when you're working with them with biodynamic craniosacral therapy? Is it, is it more just about being in a safe environment? That's a big part of it, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think, it, I think it's a bit of both. And I think that the therapist being there in a way, me being there, I'm observing some of those things that are going on in a person. So in a way, if a person isn't able to observe those aspects of their body so much, I can observe them for them. Mm. And so I don't think you need to be quite so involved in, in meditation or body work already. At the same time, it really is a practice of learning how to do that with your own body. And the more you the more you learn to observe your own sensations and then your feelings, the more you're able to do that in your daily life and to, to have your own, your own understanding of how your body works mm. and also ways to kind of deal with stressful situations, which we're all in really, you know, pretty regularly, I think. Mm, stress is a good one. I was just actually going to go to that next. What do you feel, mm -hmm. what have you found or have you found that there are any particular conditions that it's most useful for your particular therapy? So say with those, again, it sort of does go back to those two responses to threat because in some way so much of, of things that bother us are the idea of some kind of threat in our environment. And so if people have more of that fight or flight in their system, then they'll be more, they'll be just more activated. So they'll be more often have a higher heart rate. They'll be maybe quick to become anxious. Maybe their whole system is set at a bit of a higher level. Like they tend to have maybe more adrenaline going around or maybe more cortisol over time going around in their system. So they're maybe set a bit higher and they might feel jumpy and tense and easily startled, those things. And then there's other people who are perhaps more in that dissociation and they might have, tiredness or lethargy or other other kinds of conditions that go along with having low energy uh, and not not being able to perhaps having numbness in their body as well so those two ends of the spectrum both of those are actually quite well dealt with in the therapy just in slightly different ways so the therapy will either provide a space for that for that heightened nervous activity to just diminish in a safe way 
or for that system to kind of build itself up a bit and become a bit more active and become a bit more aware of itself. So you end up sort of balanced in the middle, whatever it is you come with. Mm, yeah, so it's sort of like you're training the body in a new way, really, isn't it? Yeah, it really is like that. And the, the, thing, of, um, the thing of doing it within a therapy where there's a safe space and you're being attended to but in a neutral way, so I don't have any any idea about what I want the person to do or want the person to feel uh, is that is that you can have these things that come up that are essentially, because there's nothing happening there, it's a neutral situation, they're essentially patterns from the past. But if you re-experience those patterns, whether they're shutdown or activation, experience those patterns in that environment, it means that your, your whole system really gets a way of understanding, ah, this is not what's actually happening now. And just that understanding without knowing what it was that was getting activated or shut down, just that present time, ah, this is happening but I'm actually safe, is really a powerful experience. And it, it means that even though this therapy is a bit of a practice over time, you can actually have quite profound shifts sometimes just from re-experiencing some, some physiological pattern in a safe environment. Yeah, and so uh, there's no talking at all involved, is there? I mean, it sort of makes me think of, um, you know, psychology or something where you're sort of sitting in a chair and you're talking everything out, but instead of doing that and using your mind, you're using your body in a way. Is that a good sort of comparison to make? Yeah, it really is like that. Sometimes I describe it that way to people because I feel like it does really have quite a bit in common with counselling, but it's like a quiet counselling for your body. So, in a, yeah, in that way, it's, it's similar but without talking. But at the same time, there is a bit of talking because, as I was mentioning earlier about that social aspect of dealing uh, with st- stressful or dangerous situations, if someone is getting activated or is being shut down, there's still that, that reassurance that comes from using, using your voice. So I will ask people, what are you experiencing now? And is that okay for you? And is there something else that you need? Those kinds of things just to mm. engage that more social system, which is mm. is part of creating an entirely safe situation for mm. persons. So, mm. yeah, there's not the talking of, of trying to figure out what's going on or why, it, but there is a bit of talking of, of helping someone to orient in the present time mm. to another person, which is also a really healing experience mm. potentially. No, no, it's fabulous. And also, of course, you do work locally here in Castlemaine. So how can people get hold of you? Yep. Okay, so I have a, just a little website, um, embodimenttherapy.com.au. That's how people can find me and my phone number is on that website. Is there anything else that you'd <laughs> like to add, actually, about about the therapy? I mean, it's just, I think... Um, it's just so non-invasive. I love these sorts of therapies where you, you know, you can just try it, you know, if, you, if you're a person that has really heightened stress and you've tried lots of things or whatever, whatever your condition is, I think they're just wonderful just to try it, just to see how, just to let yourself go in that environment with you. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose one of the things I've really come to over time as well is that all all of these things like say this therapy which I've personally found really powerful but other things that people do like meditation or even movement or or something else they're all practices that help people in daily life but also they're things that you can do over time that really if you have 
trauma or difficulty, or, you know, and most of us have some kind of stress. I think the most powerful thing is, is learning how to deal with it when it arises, you know, and that, mm. and that it's okay to see something as a practice over time. And, and I think we're quite used to in our culture wanting some, something to happen really quickly or, mm. or even the idea that we'll sort of get over a trauma at some point and I'm sort of like well no you sort of just go on living and you live you live better in a way you live you live in a more holistic way and you and you learn to accommodate things that have happened to you and encourage new things to happen in your life and encourage your body to change there's just so much potential in the body that way I think yeah so that's probably what I would say yeah well I've really enjoyed uh, listening to you I hope and I'm I'm sure that people listening in to the show will really enjoy what you've had to say today so thank you so much Uh, so I'm just going to repeat what it is again so it's biodynamic craniosacral therapy and just what was your website again before we close Uh, so it's embodimenttherapy.com.au okay fantastic all right thanks thanks so much dr karen lingard and uh we'll see you around town probably at some stage yeah (laughs) thank you kate